Welcome to the ABHA Listen and Learn Podcast, where we discuss the latest issues related to hearing and balance healthcare. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Dana Day and Dr. Susan Schmidt. Hello, I'm Dr. Dana Day. And I am Dr. Susan Schmidt, and welcome to ABHA Listen and Learn podcast hosted by Arizona Balance and Hearing. And this is where we discuss all the latest advances in testing and treatment of all hearing and balance issues. As one of our core values, and one Dr. Schmidt and I take extremely seriously, is the education of both ourselves and mostly of our patients. This is why we're here today. And to that end, if anyone who is listening has any specific questions and you would like to have answered on this podcast, please go to questions at arizonabalance.com. That's questions at arizonabalance, typed out, arizonabalance.com. And we will be sure to answer them in one of our upcoming podcasts. Also, don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. For our loyal listeners, we are a bit behind in releasing this episode, and we are so glad that you're here with us today. We are equally excited to be recording from Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks studio. Yes, and we are so excited to be here, though sad we are starting this venue without our trusted sidekick, Court. Court has been busy this summer and has other commitments, but we are looking forward to him joining us on ABHA Listen and Learn very soon. We would like to recognize and thank Robin, who will be producing ABHA Listen and Learn from the beautiful downtown Scottsdale location, and we trust that she will make us sound really good. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Let's hope so. (laughs) So Susan and I are really excited um, for today's episode, we're kind of shifting direct, uh, directions just a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Um, all our previous episodes have been on looking at hearing health care. And today, we're going to have one of our colleagues come in and we're going to talk about balance health care. But before we get started, um, Susan, what's been going on with you? That is a very good question. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have been really busy this summer. Um, in the office, um, seeing all sorts of different um, patients that are coming in for balance that we're talking about today, for tinnitus, for hearing, for auditory processing. Um, It has been a really busy year. Not sure why, um, but we do seem to have an influx of patients coming to the office. Yes, we do. And and we're very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it certainly keeps us on our toes Mm -hmm. because I don't know if it's because um, of the pandemic and people have um, waited to go to see their physicians and therefore the referrals to their doctors, and now everybody's feeling more comfortable. Uh, But we are open. We've been open the whole time, and we are grateful for anyone that comes to our office. Um, But you're right. We are very busy, and sometimes it's difficult to uh, get caught up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Um, keeping up with all of the um, the patients coming in and um, everything that's been going on with them for the past year, and they didn't get any help for that. And mm-hmm. so um, so it's pretty rewarding for them to come in and finally um, and finally figure out what's going on with them so we can help them to the best of our ability. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So why don't we go ahead and um, get started here. Susan and I are really excited for today's episode as we have one of our colleagues, Dr. Camille Lambert Tingle, joining us to talk about balance and especially benign proxismal positional vertigo. Boy, that's a mouthful. (laughs) People might know it as BPPV, um, which they might also have known it or hear it as ear rocks or those crystals in our head. So Camille Lambert obtained a Bachelor of Science in Physical Therapy from Russell Sage College in 1993, followed by a doctorate in Physical Therapy from Acadia University in 2012. She completed the Vestibular Rehabilitation Competency-Based course at Emory University in 2007. She has been treating vestibular patients in an outpatient setting since 1999. Welcome, Camille. (laughs) Thank you. It is good to have you with us today. Um, So before we begin talking about dizziness and benign positional vertigo, or BPPV, I want to take a few minutes to let our listeners know how you, Camille, came to ABHA. So you and I have known each other for quite a long time. Um, I I think we played on the playground together. Is that that right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, back in 1998-1999, I was working for St. Joe's in Vero uh-huh. Neurologic, and that's where I met Dana when we had team meetings to talk about people with vestibular problems. Right. So, yeah. And um, then a- we've had, we've both jumped around just a little bit. I left Barrow to open ABHA, and you've been at different locations as well. But um, Dr. Schmidt and I had always um, found that It was difficult to find vestibular therapy care for our patients. Um, And so we kept in contact over the years. And then I reached out to you and I said, hey, do you know anybody that might want to do some vestibular therapy? And lo and behold, she said, (laughs) yes. So it's been such a pleasure because um, there really hasn't been a big learning curve. You you know how we work. We know how you work. Yeah. And uh, you've been working with the balanced patient as long as we have. So we really feel that your expertise brings so much to ABHA and to our patients that they're not going to get in a lot of different locations. So we're well, really so, so happy to have you with us. Yes, very much well, so. You know, vestibular therapy is not something that physical therapists get in school other than a very little bit of background on it Mm -hmm. and sometimes people will take a weekend course in it and don't have a lot of experience and they can't deal with difficult or more complex situations Mm -hmm. so it can be hard to find someone who has years of experience that knows what they're looking at right right and especially recently um, we're we're having a lot of difficult and complex situations come through our door And there's a lot of new research out there, too, that's coming up with different kinds of vestibular disorders and different Mm -hmm. ways to treat them. I know I've learned a lot in the past couple of years, Mm -hmm. especially since I've been doing some continuing education courses for other physical therapists in the world of vestibular rehab. Yeah. So it's kind of an exciting time. It is. It is. And I'm I'm finding there's a lot of new ways that I have learned that are really helping people, Mm -hmm. new tools that I have. And I'm so thankful to be able to work at ABHA. It's just the most wonderful work environment. 
everybody there is so compassionate, so caring. Everybody's very intelligent and good at their job. It's just one of the best work environments I have ever been in. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. So first of all, tell us, you you kind of alluded to it earlier, but what is a vestibular therapist? So um, first of all, I want to define what's the vestibular system. Okay. People say, what is vestibular? It's um, the organ in our inner ear that we use for balance. And when it's not working properly, people get dizzy or have balance problems or both. So a vestibular therapist hopefully is someone who you've had training in vestibular rehab above and beyond your degree, and then experience working with vestibular disorders. There are a lot of different problems besides BPPV that can be treated. Mm -hmm. And it's great to be in a position to help people. Sometimes being dizzy or having balance problems is really frustrating because it's hard to get good answers. What is going on and what can I do about it? And the answer is a lot of times we can do quite a bit. Right, right, right. So what drew you into um, becoming a vestibular physical therapist? Because I know there's not a lot of you out there. (laughs) I just got lucky. I was working at St. Joe's, Barrow's, and someone asked me, would you like to learn vestibular therapy? And I said, sure, why not? And the longer I've been doing it, the more I really like it. It's just really rewarding because I can really help people and make a difference in their lives. And over time, I've come across so many people that are struggling to get answers. And my vestibular training puts me in a unique position where I can give them some answers, especially if they've had some of the audiology testing that we do at ABHA. Mm -hmm. This is where your dizziness is coming from. Maybe we don't always know what caused it. But the more important thing is we know what to do to make it better. Yeah. And to be able to do that for people is a gift. Right. Right. So um, today, I think we want to talk about um, first the benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. Again, big, long, huge word (laughs) um, phrase, um, but most people call it BPPV for short. Um, So can you tell us what is BPPV? So I was talking about the vestibular system, our Mm -hmm. organ of balance in our inner ear, between the ear and the brain, actually. There are little crystals or ear rocks that are in there that act as sensors in the inner ear. And sometimes they can get knocked out of position so they get into the inner ear canals. And when this happens, when a person changes head or body position, usually laying down in bed, sitting up, rolling over, they will experience a violent spinning sensation that lasts for a few seconds to a minute. Very unpleasant. So benign means non-life-threatening. But for some people who have BPPV, it doesn't feel that way. The symptoms are, like you said, very violent. And um, they tend to, uh, it's very, become very fearful. Of, oh, absolutely. Of going, of it starting, if you will. And being, the sense of being thrown around. I've had some people tell me, I feel like I'm being thrown to the ground. Mm-hmm. I've heard that too. Uh, I had a coworker I treated once for BBPV, and she says, I feel like Alice going down the rabbit hole. Oh. <laughs> that was a good description. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, and sometimes people even say they feel their eyes moving. Mm-hmm. Not always. They feel nauseous, or they'll say, I rolled over in bed, and I got really dizzy, and I looked at the alarm clock, and it was, like, going in circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it can be from 
what people describe um, a very note, noteworthy experience. <laughs> well, I think it's <laughs> it terrifying happens. in the beginning, too, for people yeah. because they don't know, am I having a stroke? Right. Do I have a brain tumor? Mm-hmm. All kinds of these things rush through their heads. Right. Right. Um, and um, being in this field for a long time, we realize um, that BPPV is something, a uh, condition that is prevalent, however, um, very much overdiagnosed um, at times. Um, and so how do you differentiate BPPV versus some other vestibular balance disorders? Well, there's two main things I look for. The symptoms are brought on by a change in position, laying down, sitting up, rolling over in bed, sometimes with just tilting the head way back to look overhead and reach up for something in a cabinet or tilting the head way down. This is not something that typically causes dizziness that lasts throughout the entire day Mm -hmm. or dizziness that comes and lasts for hours. The second thing is the symptoms go away pretty quickly. Um, The spinning... Sensation lasts for several seconds to a minute most of the time. Mm-hmm. The person might feel nauseous or a little off for a while afterwards, but then it passes until they change position or move their head again. Once in a while, I'll have people that have a low level of kind of lightheadedness or vague fogginess between episodes, but most of the time it's just that rush of symptoms when they change position. Okay. So since these symptoms are so distinguishable. Why do you think that it's overdiagnosed? One, people read about it on the internet and they want to have it. <laughs> there you go. They sure do. They, they get one <laughs> treatment and it is fixed. Yes. And a lot of times they have other vestibular disorders. The good thing is we can treat a lot of those. Yes. Uh-huh. It may be they have to do 10 minutes of exercise twice a day for a month and then they're going to be 80, 90% better. It may be even more than that. Um, so I think that's one reason that it's overdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is people don't know necessarily about a lot of the other vestibular disorders. So they leap to what they know. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, so the dizziness you're saying lasts for, you know, seconds to up to a minute. Um, so if somebody comes in to see you and they are saying, no, my dizziness actually lasts for hours or days, um, that's probably the first clue as to this is probably not BPPV. Is that correct? Absolutely. Sometimes people can have more than one vestibular problem, so I'll mm-hmm. check for BPPV, and if it's there, I'll treat it. But um, actually, I'm glad sometimes they come in thinking they have it because it brings them in for something else that's treatable, and right. maybe they don't know about that. Mm-hmm. People that have an onset of dizziness, I think, for the first time, should always be checked out by a doctor. Mm-hmm. especially if the, the vertigo lasts for like hours or right. all day. So go to a doctor, make sure they're not having a stroke. They don't have heart issues. Um, there's not some serious issue. But once that's all cleared, then the next step is, um, if you can see an audiologist trained in vestibular assessment, you can figure out what's really going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will just see people too before they've had that testing done and see what is going on here and what can we do about it. Wow. So can BPPV be cured or is it treated? Um, most of the time, most of the patients I see with it, I probably see um, typically, depends on the time of year, two to five a week. One treatment and done. Mm-hmm. They don't need to come back. There are some people who will come back in a few months um, repetitively, 
So usually it can be cured, but sometimes it is just treated. And again, it can usually, someone with experience, vestibular experience, can treat it in one or two visits. Great. Right. Um, so I've had patients come in and um, they have treated their, tried to treat their <laughs> BPBV themselves. How do you feel about that? Um, I think you've got to be careful about the internet. It's quasi-reliable at best. And I've had, I've had people come in um, that have made themselves worse by trying to treat. Mm -hmm. The problem is, um, if you aren't trained to look at it, you don't know if you need to treat the right side or the left. BPPV can occur in the right vestibular organ or the left. So if you guess wrong, you're going to do the wrong maneuver to try and mm -hmm. fix it. Yes. Right. And in about 10% of the cases, those crystals are in a different canal, so it requires a different treatment than the so-called Epley maneuver that you may have read about online. I have to tell you, though, my favorite, favorite thing that a patient found on the Internet was to get down on all fours like a dog mm -hmm. and then whip their head quickly back and forth. My goodness. And, uh, <laughs> I think barking was optional. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do have to be careful about that. We've had some patients come in and they describe what they've been doing. And I'm like, I don't think that's good for your neck. <laughs> for one thing. Um, so, yes, yeah, I mean, be careful what you see on the Internet. I think. Absolutely. And, you know, I loved your comment about the different canals because people don't realize that. And so when we do the testing for BPPV, we are looking at eye movement. And this is a whole different conversation. But a lot of patients say, why do you want to look at my eyes? And I said, your eyes will, will tell me what canal those crystals are in. Exactly. And they well, what's the difference? It's treated differently. And a great example is I, years ago, treated a gentleman for posterior canal benign positional vertigo. And he did great. A couple years later, he got dizzy again. He lived out of town, so um, in Bullhead City. And I got a call and said, I have to come see you. I'm dizzy. I'm on my way now. Can you stay till I get there? And he gets in his car and he drives to see me. And he gets there like at four in the afternoon. And I go to treat him, and he doesn't have it in the posterior canal. But he took my report from two years previously, gave it to someone, I believe a therapist, and they said, okay, well, we can treat it just like she did, but it was in a different canal. I treated it differently. He was pleased as punch, got in his car, and drove back home. <laughs> so, it, you know, so it is important that we re uh, people realize that it's not – it's not the same for everyone, yes. and it's certainly not the same. It's which ear and which canal, and it yes. really makes a difference. That's where having some experience comes in, too. Right. Where you test someone and you see something unusual going on, and you're able to figure out, okay, this is the problem, and this is the treatment. Right. Right. Can it, can it recover spontaneously? Sometimes it does, okay. yeah. especially in younger people. Mm -hmm. But I think... I know if I were living with it, I'd want to get rid of it as soon as possible. Right. <laughs> it's an unpleasant thing. So, Susan, have you ever had a patient where you're testing them and you put them, you test them for benign position of your vertigo, it's positive, but you continue on with the test, you move their head, you move their body, then you go at the end to treat them and it's gone? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That, 
I've had people that have had testing the day before, and then they get in to see me literally the day after, and they say, it's gone. And I ask them, did you have it this morning? And they think about it and say, you know, I didn't. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes, you know, the way we do our testing, um, you know, depending on how the person's moving and rolling on their side, sometimes they will, um, those crystals will go back to where they need to go um, just by doing part of the test, which right. is fabulous when that happens yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but and I think the other thing that's really interesting is one of the reasons that can happen is because we don't like being dizzy so if we know if we turn our head to the left and lay down we get dizzy so we're just not going to turn our head to the left and we're not going to lay down and so I used to say to people, I always know if my patients have benign positional vertigo because if I go to the waiting room and they get up and they look like robots <laughs> and they won't move yes. their head, I'm like, yes. I think I know what's going on here. <laughs> right? yeah. I often see people that have neck pain Yeah, because they've been holding their head stiff for so long without mm-hmm. even consciously realizing it. Yeah. And I get the BPP cleared up and then they start moving their head again and their neck pain goes away. Yeah. Good point. So um, we've talked a lot about benign positional vertigo. Um, Would you say it's really no big deal or because it can be treated or should we be concerned about it if we have it? I think it's, we should be concerned about it if we have it. Because first of all, it, it, yeah, if you're lying in bed and you get a dizzy spell, that's fine. But what if you're climbing up a stepladder and you're reaching to get something from the top shelf and it hits you, then Mm -hmm. you could fall. Right. Or same thing, even bending down, sometimes bending down low. They're moving their head into that position, bending down low to get something out of a shelf and get an episode of the spins. And mm-hmm. again, you could fall and hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And plus, um, it can also interfere with sleep, too. And we all know how we feel when we have a bad night's sleep. Right. Sometimes it's triggered by rolling over. And every time you roll over in bed, you have an episode. Then you're going to keep waking up, mm-hmm. feeling yucky, waiting for it to pass. You fall asleep again. You roll over again in the middle of the night, and the same thing happens. Yeah. So I think it can have an impact on life further. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things to remember. I, this is going to go a little bit off topic. But with balance, especially for Susan and I, uh, when we're diagnosing issues, one of the reasons we are so passionate about them seeing a vestibular therapist is because of the falls issue. We know that if someone falls, there is a high probability they will not be able to go back to their home. Yes. And so, and it's an epidemic in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Falls is an epidemic. Especially if they fracture the hip. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Big chance they won't go home and life expectancy dramatically drops. Exactly. After a hip fracture. So you really don't want to fall. Mm-hmm. I sometimes have people that are resistant to using a cane or a walker mm-hmm. when they have balance issues because it makes them look old. Mm-hmm. And I say, you look a lot older if you have... <laughs> A hip fracture and a big cast on your leg and as you're wobbling around with. Right. Better off to be safe. Right. Even my own father, um, he had Parkinson's, so he had balance issues. And it took him a while to use a walker. And he says, walkers are for old people. And I said, Dad, how old are you? And he said, 85. (laughs) (laughs) And he started using a walker. (laughs) Right. So if somebody wants to find a... um, really experienced vestibular therapists, what do they look for? 
So first of all, um, oftentimes the business will advertise that they do vestibular therapy. But I would call and I would ask and find out how many years of experience that person has. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big difference between, even when I look back at myself, what I knew when I'd only been doing this for a couple of years and what I know now, and I think, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time. Yeah. Right. So I think that it's really important that someone has had experience because some things, too, are by the book and some things are not. Mm-hmm. We forget medicine is an art and a science. Right, right. And it's a combination of two. The, um, the gold standard for vestibular training for a physical therapist is a course at Emory University. That's mm-hmm. a five-day course, mm-hmm. which I did in 2007 and made me a dramatically better therapist where you have to pass tests Based on demonstrating, you know how to do the maneuvers, mm-hmm. you know how to do the exercises, and you also have to do a two-hour exam. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's an actual certification. Okay. Also, if you see a therapist, they say they do vestibular rehab, and they do a quote-unquote the Epley maneuver, mm-hmm. and you've seen them for more than three visits, and you're not getting better, then I would look for someone else. That's right. a sign to me that I don't think they know what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've had that happen. Absolutely. Where we have put down in our recommendations, this is the problem, this is the diagnosis, please address these issues. And they'll come back to us and say, well, I had five treatments for benign positional vertigo. And I said, why? You don't have benign positional vertigo. <laughs> so, and this is, you know, not to um, belittle or begrade our, our colleagues. Um, I don't do orthopedics. I don't tell people, you know, that you should see an orthopedic surgeon or you know, therapist, yeah. because you're, you can't move your arm above your head. I might make that recommendation to the, to the patient, but I don't do that recommendation. So it's one of those things is I, I, I guess my comment is always stay in your lane, Dana. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I try to do, stay in my lane. And so, well, I think the standard should be, and I've always used this myself, I've done orthopedic therapy too, is if you treat someone for three, four, five visits are not improving, then you need to either refer them to it back to the doctor or you need to send them to a therapist who is more experienced in that particular area. Mm-hmm. And as a patient, you need to think about that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we were focusing primarily on BPPV today, but um, we, we treat all types of balance. We see patients with all type of balance issues mm-hmm. um, and all types of diagnoses. So, can you have benign proxismal positional vertigo and another diagnosis? Absolutely. I see that a lot. In fact, what I will frequently do is I'll treat someone for the benign positional vertigo, and then I'll put their chart on hold for a month. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell them the day after this is gone, I want you to do everything you would normally do and see if you have any residual dizziness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. It's not the violent spinning, but they notice they feel lightheaded when they unload the dishwasher. Uh-huh. Or they feel like when they're walking, they're going to the right or to the mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. And then when they have other problems, they can come back and then we can address those. Right. But yeah, frequently BPPV goes along with other issues. It's another reason to have someone with some experience so they can pick up on that and help you with the residual. And I think that's another um, reason, if you will, uh, for testing. Because yes, um, when we do the testing, we don't stop if we find benign positional vertigo and say, okay, we're going to treat you or we're going to send you to Dr. Lambert Tingle to be treated. Mm-hmm. We continue on to the testing. Um, Susan, why do we do that? Because um, 
a lot of times the BPPV is secondary to another condition or another several conditions, <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> so as we find. Um, so if, if you don't do the complete testing, then you're, you'll be like, okay, well, BPPV, great. Um, but then, you know, later on after the BPPV is fixed, um, then you still have all those underlying issues. And then um, the patient's like wondering, well, what, what's going on? Why am I not better? Um, but if you have that full comprehensive test, then we can actually physically find um, all those other issues um, that can hopefully be worked on in the future as well. Yeah. And if someone gets dizzy or trips and falls and hits their head, there is a very high probability they may dislodge those otoconia crystals. That's, mm-hmm. Those are the ear rocks. It's otoconia. Yes. <laughs> um, and they may dislodge them, but they may also have, have issues with unilateral weakness or central dizziness or whatever. So if they got dizzy and they fell and we treated the benign positional vertigo, we didn't treat why they got dizzy. And so they're going to fall again. Right. Yes. Good point. So I also like that with the testing that um, audiologists can do too, you can look very detailed at control of the eyes and eye movement, which lets me know if there's something going on with the brain that could be triggering, triggering the dizziness. Mm-hmm. And then I would know to add treatments for those specific weaknesses that you found, mm-hmm. right. which are hard for me to detect just in room light by looking at how someone's eyes move. So it gives me more clues on what things I can address to help the patient get better. Mm-hmm. Right, because our testing involves looking at the inner ear system, but also looking at the brain system and the the balanced nerves as well, so we can see if there's any weaknesses anywhere in the system. Absolutely. Right. Which is great because we weren't able to do that even 15 years ago. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's it's wonderful. You had mentioned that in therapy, things have changed rapidly. In diagnostics, things change rapidly, and it continues Mm to get better and better. Absolutely. Absolutely. We pick up things now that we would have missed in the past, and that's one of the things... I've loved with working at ABHA, you do a real complete testing, some of the newer VAMP and VHIT testing. Mm-hmm. And so people in the past who had been told, okay, we did this test and we can't find anything wrong, they're still left without answers. Right. Whereas you pick up these things, we found these things. It's like, oh, okay, now I know I can work with this person and I can make them feel so much better, first of all, and decrease anxiety because we say, okay, this is what's going on and this is why you're dizzy. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is, okay, now we know what's going on, here's what we can do about it. Right. I don't know how many times I've had patients say, I'll say, okay, I'm going to tell you what's going on. And they said, you mean it's not in your head? And I said, well, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> but, but let me tell you why. <laughs> yes. And then yes. And they can get very emotional because oh, they've been absolutely. told over and over again, there's nothing wrong with them. I've, I've run into that a lot. And that's one of the things I find rewarding about my job because I've had people have gone through so much testing, MRIs, which don't show you a lot about the vestibular no, system. No, not at all. And they don't know why they're dizzy and they're starting to think, am I crazy? Am I stuck with this for the rest of my life? I've had people actually cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, that, that anxiety and stress makes dizziness worse, just like it does pain. Just the understanding and explaining that and bringing that anxiety level down. They walk out of the office and they're already feeling 10, 15% better, even if we haven't done a treatment that <laughs> exactly. day. <right? laughs> exactly. Yep. Yes. So, um, One more thing, though, um, 
before we conclude. So we're talking about BPPV today. Um, and one more question I have for you is, um, can it reoccur in the future after it is corrected? It does. Uh, for most people, we're probably done. Mm -hmm. um, especially if it was caused by inner ear infection or, or fall on a blow to the head. Um, one of the things we've found um, is that people who have low levels of vitamin D in their bloodstream, and you have to get this checked by a doctor, are more likely to get BPPV that comes back. Mm -hmm. So if people get it recurrently, I recommend mm -hmm. they talk to the doctor and get that checked, even if they're taking supplements. Sometimes the supplements need to be changed okay. to get to a normal blood level. And, and hydration is a biggie. Yes, and hydration is another factor. Yes. I just think, too, I wonder in some people... The vestibular system is like this tiny little organ about the size of a sugar cube or a dice in the right and your left side of inside your brain, in between your brain and your ear, rather. If in some people it isn't tipped at a little bit different angle, so the crystals fall out more easily, because mm -hmm. I mean, you just look around at us. We all have different shaped noses. We all have different shaped eyes. Right. Why are we going to assume that everyone's vestibular system looks exactly like it does in the little anatomical model that we have sitting on the countertop? <laughs> Probably everybody's is a little different. Right. Some people are more prone to this than others. Right. And right. we do know as we age... We're more prone to it. Oh, absolutely. That is very true. I think yeah. the median age is 71. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So, so great information today. Um, and um, Dr. Lambert Tingle, we want to thank you so much for joining us today um, on this very important podcast about balance and dizziness. Um, and I know that hopefully... Um, we'll have you back in the future because, uh, you know, BPPV, that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as balance disorders. <laughs> yes, it is. So, um, so to have you come back and tell um, and educate us about different aspects of the balance system and that can cause just imbalance rather than dizziness or dizziness and imbalance would be super helpful, I well, think, to our listeners. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And I would love to talk about some of the other balance issues, too, because I think people get stuck at BPPV. That's what you see all over the Internet, mm -hmm. and they find out they don't have that, and then things just stop there. Right. And we really can take it so much further and do so much more. Thank you. Thank you. Now we're coming to our part of our episode of Tips and Tricks. I would like to follow up with something Dr. Camille Lambert-Tingle said. You know, we keep pausing because... Camille just got married. Well, she didn't just get married, but recently got married. So we're trying to add her, her, her married name. Her married name, right. Um, so forgive us if we pause a little bit here, Camille. <laughs> so, I, but I do want to thank her for coming in today. But as she said, I just a reminder, BPPV, or benign proxismal positional vertigo, is characterized by a severe sensation of vertigo like the floor or the ceiling is flipping, or the perception that things are moving very quickly. It's, it is a severe episode, and it can be very, very scary, but this is the key. It lasts for a minute or less. So again, if you have dizziness and you're having problems and it's lasting all day, you probably don't have, as the primary diagnosis, BPPV. So, um, and again, this is something that um, 
your doctor can help you with. Uh, we're happy to evaluate you as well. Um, but we'd like you to know the facts. And the facts are, if you're saying it lasts all day, you don't have benign proxismal positional vertigo. Period. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, and now, some question and answers. Susan, can you have tinnitus or tinnitus with BPPV? Sure, anything's possible. <laughs> that would be my first answer. Um, um, so if you, if you have tinnitus, um, usually that is now a brain issue. Um, mm-hmm. Did it start in the ear? Um, that's one of the questions that we try to figure out when I see somebody. So if there's a condition that caused the tinnitus to happen abruptly and and then you all of a sudden became dizzy at the same time they can be linked together Um, but for the most part tinnitus is up here in the brain and bppv is in the ear so separate separate causes usually great thank you and i just wanted to kind of give some information out there i guess maybe we should have put this in tips and tricks Um, i recently uh, was sent an article by one of my colleagues that they're working uh, for a device for Meniere's for re- uh, to help with when someone's in a episodic Meniere's. And that's a different, that's not benign positional vertigo, that's a different diagnosis. Um, it's in the first um, early stages of FDA approval, but um, it's being um, I don't want to say bankrolled, but uh, Mark Cuban has Meniere's disease and has been very outspoken about it. And so he is one of the contributing uh, investors in this new technology. So mm-hmm. we'll keep up uh, looking at where it's at and what it's all about. And of course, um, let our listeners know about that. Because for Meniere sufferers, this is a biggie. Okay, I did not know that about Mark Cuban um, <laughs> the first time. Um, and for all of you out there, Meniere's um, disease, that is a, a different type of balance issue um, that involves the inner ear, um, and it's very highly diagnosed as well. Yes. <laughs> so again, I think our, our takeaway on all of this is when in doubt, see a professional that works with balance and dizziness every day. That's what they do. That's what their specialty is. Um, Certainly, um, we have wonderful, wonderful physicians out there, but they can't know it all. There's just no way. And so that's why we have subspecialties. Correct. Yes. So before you leave, Camille, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to let you do our music pick or book pick of the week or of this episode excuse me um so what have you been listening to or reading that you could let our readers know about well um listening to i was in a secondhand store the other day and i found a a cd with frank sinatra's greatest hits oh now frank sinatra is kind of before my time but i thought this will be fun and i bought it and i'm listening to it and it's like i'm amazed how many of these songs are familiar yes yes Oh, and what a great voice he had, he, too. Oh, yes. Wonderful sure. voice. So Wonderful. It's been a fun addition to my eclectic music collection. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Great. I think that's a great pick. I do, too. Mm-hmm. Something I don't have in my personal possession, either. Yeah. We sincerely want to thank 
Camille Lambert Tingle for joining our team in 2018 and now joining us today to discuss benign proxismal positional vertigo. And we look forward to her joining us on future podcasts. If you have any questions regarding this episode or any of our episodes, please send those to questions at arizonabalance.com. Again, that's questions at Arizona spelled out balance.com. We will address them in future episodes. And as always, for a free copy of Dr. Day's book, Reengage with Life and Family, you can visit our website, azbalanceandhearing.com. Again, that's azbalanceandhearing.com. And click the box, request a free copy. Or you can call our office at 602-265-9000 and request a free copy there. Just let one of our exceptional staff know you heard it on our podcast. Remember, hearing care is health care, and treating your hearing loss is the number one modifiable risk factor for reducing your risk of developing dementia. Treating hearing loss has also been shown to reduce your risk of falls, decrease the experience of tinnitus, increase your social engagement, and decrease depression. Don't put it off any longer. Again, we'd like to thank Robin, who produced our show today. And we'd like to thank Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks for allowing us to record in this beautiful, beautiful facility. ABHA, partnering with you to better balance, better hearing, better life. Thank you for listening to the ABHA Listen and Learn podcast with Dr. Dana Day and Dr. Susan Schmidt. Join us next time as we discuss the latest issues related to hearing and balance healthcare. Plus, hear any of our past episodes on demand 24-7 on StarWorldWideNetworks.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.